0: Before we start today's podcast, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners on which we are recording today. This was, is, and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Schedules Podcast episode. Every time. I forget. I'm
1: forget. i going to say 13, 13. It's
0: 13. It's 13. <laughs> wow. This is a true horror podcast by someone who's really scared of true horror. That's my name. What? <laughs> I fucked that up. Let me do it again. Hi. This is a true horror podcast. By someone who is scared of true horror. That's me. My name's James. And today I'm joined again by Tiana. Hello, Tiana.
1: Hello. How are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. So, obviously, like.
1: It's a crazy time.
0: Crazy time. It's There's crazy a lot time. going on with this COVID 19 coronavirus. And last podcast, I had Laura, and we were, <laughs> we were very, like, yeah. lightheartedly being like, it won't get us. Don't worry. And now we're, like, literally.
1: Like, wow. 3,000 cases happening. in
0: Australia. Um, lockdown imminent. Who knows what's going to happen? We're
1: on stage two.
0: It's kind of like we're documenting this live in a way. Mm. Um, what do you, like, what's your thoughts? I think for me, um, I'm still working and going to my retail job. And it's really strange because we have like ebbs and flows of people. Like one minute we get like a shit ton of people coming through and the next it's like dead quiet and it's really spooky and weird. Mm. So... I don't know. I'm and also really does worried. Does your company
1: have things in place?
0: <clears throat> There's like the 1.5 meter Distance. thing. Do but you have also, like
1: stickers on the floor?
0: We do. People don't notice and They yeah. just kind of jump in. And you're like, all right, can you just like get away from me? But as a teacher, what's the going on with you? It's
1: all up in the air. That's, we don't know. It's just, um, we're still waiting to hear more. But at the moment, my class is down to two as of Friday <laughs> Um, so they're not making you
0: teach two people in the classroom, are they? No.
1: So we've just been putting them. Um, we've been combining some classes, but making like keeping their making them keep their distance, which is so sad for them because like school's all about uh, not all about, but a big thing about school is they're social, you know, and it's you can see the effect that it's having on them. Like they're, we're trying to do it without scaring them, but obviously it's so different. Like our school is so quiet. And that's not normal so Yeah, It's like
0: a really um, It's
1: very surreal for them And a lot of them Are essential worker Essential I say that Essential workers Because You know What students? What define Kids Their parents oh, What know? What define like you know, At the moment I don't know There's lots of
0: You know Well apparently I'm essential Yeah worker. that's what I mean Exactly So, so
1: But anyway So all their parents Are obviously working So they mm-hmm. have to be at school And it's just a, It's just a strange time And like we have a teacher there who is, I think she's about sixty-seven, and mm-hmm. she's like, in my career, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, it's so it's just very uncertain at the moment. We're just. I
0: feel like we are just ridiculously putting people's well-being and health at risk. That's right. Every day, and like, that's right. Literally, every country is a warning to this test member. We're still opening our beach. well apparently
1: there might be something on sunday so yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see what happens <laughs> i don't
0: know um it's i know my point. particular company will not close until they get their very last dying breath and every dollar <laughs> they can out of everybody so we will see um but also, your company
1: is thriving because everybody they're needs, making a mint needs games they don't film.
0: need anything they want that's right there's well, a big difference no, that's but, right. but um and also I read I was listening to the radio this morning, local radio, which I never ever listened to and I just for some fucking just bizarre reason I decided to. Probably because And the presenter actually said something really like legit and I was like, Wow, true. He said that humans, like, we're not made to be isolated creatures no. and so it's a really strange time for a lot of it people. It is.
1: That's what I mean about school too. The kids just yeah. want to be with their friends and we're like we talk to them in the morning and we say, We're sorry, but this is, you know, you have to we try and seat them one to a desk and the desks are a little bit further apart too, which is not how we teach. Well, how I teach in a primary school yeah. anyway. So it's a strange time, but I guess we just have to look after the mental health. of and the, the. Yeah. The, the, the other
0: thing is like, the biggest thing is the uncertainty of it all. We have no idea what's going to happen, mm. where it's going to go. But obviously, like,
1: every- is it going to be over soon and back to normal or like, like my so. best friend's pregnant? And I said to her this morning, like, am I not going to be able to see you full term? Like, am I not going to be able to see her be pregnant? That's just a weird thing because, you know, that's we used to true, see each other yeah. every single day and now I'm not no, seeing you just her, just see her with, You
0: might just see her with that's a baby. That's what I
1: mean. It's so weird. It's just a weird time. But
0: but it's well, also like a really exciting time in a way in terms of people innovating.
1: That's right. And creating. I saw this. Did you see that post? There was this post um that said, I can't wait for a new year's time when... Um, there's all these babies that are born because everyone was cooped up together and couples have time for each other and I can't oh. wait for creativity, like all the small Coffee businesses. Babies. Yeah, they, that's what they said. And um, all the small businesses to be thriving because everyone has time to be creative. But obviously that's not all true because, no. you know, couples will be very stressed about their jobs and stuff. But I, that, made, that was like, oh, that's kind of a nice... Well,
0: that's a nice positive That's a nice positive, positive yeah. But also unrealistic. I've seen something it is funny. a little bit. But in terms of like people who are artists and like entertainers, I've seen them really like make stuff online and do like live things and yeah that's right people are getting
1: very creative and
0: even with education it really just shows you that you can be educated from home like with a lot of innovative different ways that regional kids can access education and kids that you know not necessarily can get to school or afford school that's right can get education at home and it also shows that the your job that forces you to come into an office you can actually just do it from home.
1: That's right. Which, well, um, my boss said on Friday she was talking and she said, "Do you know what though? We're all in this together, and this is like no one has ever experienced anything like this. So this is we're just we're just going to learn so much about yeah. different ways to teach, and it's going to be a really good learning curve." Well,
0: I agree. Yeah. So. I think um, look, it's weirdly scary yet exciting, mm. and I'm. Mm. I think it's more, one scary. Of more scary, more, it's more started, scary right. <laughs> it's also like one of those things that we can like look back on and be like, "Wow, we went through that. That was yeah, crazy," nice. and tell our grandkids and our kids. And this is probably like I mentioned this in the in last episode, but it also shows that um, we are not prepared for a really full-on yeah. pandemic.
1: That's, yeah, or, we had that conversation the other or day. Or doomsday.
0: You know. Um, issue. So I think it's going to really wake Australia and the world up to what can occur when this, like, for example, if disease just literally, ki- like, just kill people straight without, yeah. because, you know, mostly it's just for the vulnerable, pe- vulnerable people that it's, but that it's killing. Um, I was going to say murdering. <laughs> Fuck. Um, well, well, I guess in mm, a way, mm. like, fuck.
1: But then I also uh, watched this video of this young woman who is known to be fit and healthy and known for her fitness and her healthy eating and all this died? stuff. She didn't die. She was in, um, she took a video of herself and she was in hospital and she said, um, basically like you, if you think this is just for vulnerable people, then you're wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm, everyone knows me that I'm and how healthy I am. And if I didn't have these machines talk to me, I'd be dead.
0: You know, what's crazy. I so, haven't seen many people. Have you seen many people talk about it who have had it? No. Like what's going on there? Yeah, I
1: know.
0: Like I've not seen one. I don't think I've, I mean, I think I've seen one Because like people are isolated. Video. Wouldn't
1: they be on their phone?
0: I haven't seen one video of someone being like, wow, this sucks. I'm sure if I looked harder, but I feel like why isn't it like everywhere?
1: That was the only one. I saw that yeah, one. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's crazy. But also, is crazy, yeah, actually. It's weird. Um, Conspiracy theories. Do oh, you want to go into there's it? There's so many. <laughs> for, for me, like <sighs> I find them exhausting, but I know that you like them.
1: You yeah. You want to talk about one? Look, I, I have a lot of theories, but the first one are is, they your
0: theories? or you seen them and gone? That's legitimate.
1: I have seen some. I've seen some, but um, I feel like it could be population control because, like, we've been demanding to some that the governments do something about climate change, and now, like, there was all these there's these pictures of. See, I don't know how legit this is too mm. because I see things and I'm like, oh my God, and then I look into it and then it's not it's true. all the nature coming back. Yeah.
0: Apparently a lot of it's bullshit. Really? From what I've, yeah. Like the Venice photos yeah. and stuff. Apparently there are a lot, a lot of bullshit. Uh,
1: so I don't
0: know about that. I have heard about the. Well, they like
1: there's fish in 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 the canals That's in. That's dolphins Venice. and
0: shit. No, apparently it's fake. Wow, well, I don't. That's know the thing about stuff, you know what the big thing about this virus that was different from when we were kids when a like um what was that one when we were kids swine flu and shit like that yeah the biggest difference is that social media is ingrained in us yeah. now so there's so much like fabricated and sensationalized media. Oh that my god, we god I have the perfect example. Yeah. Okay,
1: right, so. My friend messaged me and she is very anxious about it all Um, and she saw this um, post and it was like, Scott Morrison is letting these Chinese ships into the harbour and blah, blah, blah. And they put recent date on it. If you look back, it's a very old post. Yeah, it's it's just, an old. It's about Chinese ships coming in, delivering yeah. stuff. Nothing to do. It's. It was like two years ago, yeah. and the someone has redone it to make it look like it's because happening it gives, right now. it Gives
0: them money for a click.
1: That's right. Yeah. It's so that's,
0: exactly. So you really you're have to, right. you It's really right. important. I think this is also a time of people. To, the toilet paper to, issue. Yeah. Exactly. Like that, that was all media hype. Exactly media. right. I also think that. Um, people need to learn which is something that we will learn through this that not all media you read on social media just do, just proofread and like look up your sources mm. because a lot of it is very it, it can it's borderline racist to be honest that's right and you need yeah. to be really careful about what you're sharing and I've seen like for example someone posted in like a local mutual aid group and it was like um uh, Chinese warships coming to Australia. That was the title of the, of the post. So I clicked on it and I was like, "That was what's what this about it, Wasn't it?" No, sure. it was warships. It was something different. Was it that? Maybe. But then I read it and it was like um, routine mechanical check. And I was like, "See, why did you have to put that as the title to make it seem like these warships like are coming the to invade whole or something?" Donald Trump
1: thing too. It's just like Chinese the Chinese virus.
0: He's saying, you know, he, his his uh, his way, argument
1: is his argument is that China. it's come from
0: China. For sure. But that's not the name of the virus. That's you right. That. So, it's, it's not but that's name adding of to the... Anyway. He's, it's called xenophobia. And it's like um, just racism, to be it's honest. Just,
1: it's just creating more racism. It is. And it's need, not so. necessary.
0: No. You know, people have been calling it like bat soup and all this shit. It's just like, just leave it and just oh. um, live your life. Be safe. Don't be stupid. And just don't don't involve yourself because there's no point. Also... What was I going to say? Um, yeah.
1: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I was trying I, to think about the other theory, but I can't think of what
0: it I was. I can't saying. even remember I was going I had a tangent there. And I've just lost it. Something about... Because some
1: people... And then there's another thing that's saying that whatever's happening over there is like, they're not telling us and blah, blah. But again... There's videos that have come out and yeah, they've said, old. no, these are old and blah, blah,
0: so. Yeah, there was a video of this woman like breathing heavily with the ventilation machine. And she was like, this is the this is the reality of COVID 19. And if you look at the, like, read the descriptions, like, this was posted like six years ago. She has emphysema. It's got nothing to do with. So, so it's bad. just people trying to get the clicks and the hype. You're right, but though. This is, the me- this is
1: us being in this media centered bubble.
0: bubble like... And it gives people a lot of anxiety and fear. And I also, but you know what? It also does, though, it also gives people relief. And, like, for me, I I find um calming my anxiety through comedy and like laughter mm. so <laughs> i don't know if anyone who's listening has ever used tiktok but tiktok is like genuinely <laughs> like people just take the piss out of out of coronavirus and like i'm not saying it's something to laugh about at no. all but also when you're just saturated on all of your other media platforms and in real life of people and of just like horrible news yeah. it is good just to kind of have a giggle and like laugh about it and (laughs) there is some gold in there like there's some fucking funny shit that just really gets me what
1: did i send you before
0: you sent me um what the one i replied to today
1: yeah
0: i can't remember what it was was really funny i
1: forgot to i
0: can't remember it was good though (laughs) obviously it wasn't that good
1: i don't know
0: whatever but i
1: love the one (laughs) of them the girl um re like doing a what am I trying to say? Copying the voiceover that Scott Morrison did yelling oh, at Andrew. Yeah. Like, Andrew, you've had enough comments. Yeah. Over <laughs> to Catherine. Over to
0: you. <laughs> oh, um, should we talk about Scotty or
1: stupid. not? Stupid. Oh, I don't know.
0: I don't want to like, make this political podcast at all because it's not, but we do live in the country.
1: Yeah.
0: And it just, to me...
1: How good is Jacinda? <laughs> that's, well, that's
0: what I was about to say. Yeah. Like, if you simply compare... Just into Arden with Scott Morrison, there is just a huge difference. Yeah, and she put up a video yesterday, or the day before, and she was just doing q and A Q&A on her just Facebook. She's so real, she's and she just was, real. and that's honestly that's the brand she's taken. That's it. And I think it's a really smart way to lead a country because she is a human being, she's a woman, she's a mother, um, and I think that it's really important to have that kind of powerful person in in mm. politics. And she did this Q and A on Facebook and was just like answering. Um, citizens' questions. Mm. It was so It was so empowering. And she was just like, look.
1: And that's what people, like, I'm people sorry for love my, that. She was like, I'm
0: sorry for my sweater. I just put my kids to bed. Like, we <gasps> watched a movie together. Bless. And like, oh. Scotty would never. <laughs> he actually would never, ever. It's Scotty just, it's, doesn't it's know. It's a power
1: thing, isn't it? Like, no, this is, I'm this really powerful person and I'm going to. That's kind of that's kind of what yeah. he comes with, yeah. It's a male thing. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> a straight isn't it? male isn't thing.
0: it? I know. He actually is. Like it's just it feels like every night we listen to this straight male just tell us what to, not to do and what to do. <laughs> contradic- and I'm just like so much Sorry? He's like don't have a funeral with more than 10 people, but go and buy a Nintendo switch. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Like I literally served, mm, I can say 70 people, maybe uh, close to a hundred people today. I came into contact with, if I went to a funeral, I contact. I'd come into contact with 10 less, less close family members. Yeah. So like, uh, Scotty, sorry.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Just go
0: back to your, um, and
1: like back to Jacinda, her, what icon. she, she basically, she told, gave everyone a rundown of what's going to happen. And, yeah. you know, in two days, this is where we'll be. In four days, this is will we'll be, you know, to give people time to prepare. I get that it's going to cause people to freak out, but they do keep the grocery stores open.
0: But even the way that she, like, because Scott Morrison hasn't done this, she just, the simplicity of ending her press conference with, we are strong, we're in a I know. Place together. Like, I know. we're always connected. He just, I just don't see those words coming out of his mouth. No. He would use words like, we're, we're a bloody powerful economic nation. Like, he would use words like that. That oh. are power. I don't even
1: think he said anything at the end of his speech. No, he just doesn't. went. Okay. <laughs> and off he went. I don't even think he said stop bye. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. That's
0: his favourite thing. Don't. Just don't.
1: <laughs> and, like, he comes across so angry.
0: Oh, so angry. Angry. And he has this little, little tiny smile. Tiny little smirk. Yeah. Very small and every time someone asks me a question, he has this little, little, yeah. little mute um, it's just smile. It's not, not a vibe. It's not a vibe. It's straight not a up. Vibe. Not a vibe in <laughs> it. It ain't what I want in 2020 at all. In saying that, so.
1: But how crazy has this year been, though? Can we talk about it? It's been it? insane. And been I don't. It's been insane. I'm
0: cancelling 2020.
1: Oh, and it's. March.
0: Well, everything else is cancelled. Might as well cancel yeah, the it. year itself, really. Um, oh. So let's move on to the next topic because I'm done with that. Uh, I'm done. Do you want to do? Do you want to? put a I feel like these four people
1: f- that are listening already see it everywhere constantly, Absolutely. and it's just quite exhausting. So let's move on. Let's and I just some before we move on, though, deal. I think it's
0: you know obviously. If your family is affected, I'm really sorry. If you've lost work, I'm really sorry. If you are I know, going through it, it's awful. I'm really sorry, but just know that we're all in this together and I love you and we're going to get through this, okay? Good. Because Scott Morrison's not going to tell you that I will. That's right.
1: <laughs> we will be strong. What did she say?
0: Well, we're, I can't remember. We Something are one, cue, we are strong. We are many and none for all. <laughs> Land on earth we come. We share our dream and live with one voice. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Um, so let's put the ribbon on that. <laughs> Ribbon on. We are putting that aside. Ciao in, for now. Ciao for now. Corona now. 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 <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I'm Tiana. I'm <sighs> launching a new segment in the podcast. Can't every week, wait. And I'm calling it the Scared Shitless Horror Movie of the Week. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recommend a horror film every single week.
1: Yeah, no, I won't watch it, but that's all right.
0: <laughs> well, not necessarily you, but maybe people listening. That's right. But I want to ask you a question mm-hmm. because nobody else is here to answer this question. Sure. Do I, do I, when I, when I recommend the film, do I, A, tell the film story from, end start to finish and go like through the plot or B, just give a general overview and not spoil it. General. Because I've been conflicted. Some people are saying, spoil it. I'm never going to watch it.
1: And some people are saying,
0: don't spoil it. How dare you?
1: Maybe you should do a poll.
0: I think this week I won't spoil it. And then next week I'll do a poll. And if people want me to spoil it, And if it, you're
1: listening and you would like to have an input, then let James know so that he knows what to do. That's true. Because it's true. Because I'd like to know about it because I'm not going to watch it. You're not. And I love to hear about it.
0: But well, I'm just going to fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to spoil it. All right, do it. If you it. haven't seen it, your fucking problem. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe it'll make you want to watch it if it sounds good. I don't know, whatever. So this I week's... reckon
1: still do a poll to see if people want to do that. I agree. Yeah. Do that.
0: Okay. Well, this week's horror movie of the week, f- recommended by the Schedulers podcast, is The Babadook. Mm. She did die. It is real. It is real. It's just a book.
1: Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If
0: it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Baba Duck.
1: Baba Duck, Duck, Duck. It wants to scare you first. Then you'll see it. This monster thing has got to stop. We can't get rid of the pepper dog. The Barbadook
0: is an Australian film directed and written by Jennifer Kent, which was her first ever directed feature film. Huge. It was based on a 2005 short film called Monster, also written and directed by Jennifer. Amelia lives with her son, Samuel, who's still afraid of monsters under the bed or in the closet. She proves to him repeatedly there's nothing to be afraid of, but he keeps on making a big deal out of his fear. This adds to her own stress from the loss of her husband who had died on the way to the hospital when Amelia was in labor because they got in a car accident. One day Amelia tells Sam he can choose a book to read as a bedtime story and he chooses a book called Mr. Babadook which scared Sam so much he ended up crying and screaming into Amelia's lap as she read a different book to try and calm him down. Amelia later looks at the pages, and it says the Babadook will come to a kid in disguise, demanding to let him in, then ask the same to the kid's mother, and then and then it'll get rid of its disguise and haunt them, but the last pages are empty. Amelia then hides the book from Sam, but as the days go on, Sam gets more terrified about the Babadook, so Amelia tears the Babadook's images from the book and tosses them all in the garbage. Afterwards. Samuel starts to blame the Babadook for his mischiefs. Amelia feels he's only making it up until she starts to feel weird things. One day, the front door is knocked on and there's nobody there. When Amelia opens it, the knocking continues and when Amelia opens the door, she finds the book with the torn pages glued back in. Also, the empty pages are filled with images of the Babadook shadowing the mother and killing her son. Amelia then burns the book, but she gets more paranoid and stressed and weirder things start to happen at that point that it makes Amelia terrified to go to sleep. She then stays up for two nights in a row, but as Samuel starts to ask for her motherly care, Amelia has episodes of sudden anger outbursts with her voice changing at times. The second night, she catches Samuel calling their old Parkinsonian neighbour, Mrs Roach. What the fuck is Parkinsonian? Like someone with Parkinson's? Oh, know. That's fucked up. Amelia dismisses dismisses Samuel but continues her rage by killing their dog and then chasing after Samuel. She catches up to him but he knocks her out by throwing something hard at her. Amelia wakes up tied with tied up by Sam, refusing to leave. Her episodes make her choke Sam as he gets near to hug her, but her inner self wins as Sam strokes her cheek. Amelia then vomits something black and Sam says that she's free, so pretty much she's like possessed. Mm. And then she vomits up his black and he's not possessed anymore. She confronts the force, e.g. the Babadook, arguing that it's trespassing in her house. The Babadook manifests itself as a shadow, but runs away to the basement. When Amelia doesn't run from it and notices that she's not scared, the Babadook has retreated. Things seem to go back to normal. Afterwards, And as Amelia and Sam prepare Sam's seventh birthday party, which was never celebrated due to the fact that it was the same day as the death of Sam's father, Amelia collects worms and maggots and brings them to feed something dark in the basement. And that's the end. Oh. So pretty much it's a film about... It's a beautiful film about grief um, and about dealing with the death of a loved one. And um, what I took from it was that there was actually no an bubblegum and it was all a manifestation of like the sadness and like darkness of losing someone that you love and um, now it kind of like lives in the basement. And if she, if she like deals with those emotions, like dealing with um, grief rather than just putting it aside mm. and medicating or drinking, um, it's something that you can manage and, and you can eventually live with. And so now it kind of like lives in the basement and like she feeds it kind of thing. Wow. And some interesting things about the film the script That's that she. That's not
1: what I remember. I don't think I've seen it. It's an
0: Australian movie. I don't think maybe you haven't seen it. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the film. The little boy that was in the film, he got like a. He thought he didn't know he was in a horror film, and he got like a a kiddie version of the script that was like big text, not all colorful, and like he he thought he was in like this normal kids' movie, and like he didn't actually know that it was a horror film, and then he's not going to know until he's a lot older. Um, They actually built an entire house just for the movie. Um, Jennifer Kent wanted the film in black and white, but instead they actually got a house, and as the film goes on, they painted the house in like gray scale it's pretty cool wow um and then in 2016 someone on tumblr posted that the Barbadook is actually an lgbtqi icon because he's out of the closet and he became a big like pride march (laughs) like figure and became a gay icon isn't that cool i know (laughs) it's pretty iconic
1: wow anyway
0: that's the Barbadook. i would highly recommend it and i give it four out of five stars um,
1: That's quite high for you It's quite
0: high for me And I loved it I've seen it a lot of times now Probably like five times Maybe six mm. If you're lucky And um, Fucking loved it It was really fucking good Would highly recommend He goes Bubba Duke, Duke. <laughs> He scary. sounds like that But I'm gonna put a little snippet in Wait
1: do you actually see it in the movie?
0: Do you see the Bubba Duke? Yeah Yeah you do Okay Briefly He's scary Let me show you a photo? No Okay That's him
1: Oh yeah. He's pretty he looks scary. Like, what does he look like? It kind of looks like a like a clown. He, he reminds looks me like of a racist um, clown. Mm. He reminds me of something from uh Tim Burton movie.
0: That is so true. See, the gay icon thing. Yeah, um, a lot of drag queens did like a Bobadog like look. I think it's so iconic. It just
1: looks like a black and white Yeah, I don't know, clown. It's a great with, movie. With a top hat.
0: It's beautifully shot, beautifully acted. O.C. Davis is an icon. Would highly recommend it. Amazing.
1: Amazing. We're going to
0: take a little bit of a break, a brief break, but we're going to be back with the main story. And you know what? It's fucking scary. (laughs) See you soon. Scared. Welcome back to the Sketch Shitless Podcast. I'm with Tiana. Hello, Tiana. Hello,
1: hello, hello. So
0: we just talked about The Babadook, which is an incredible movie. We talked about the coronavirus, talked about you, we talked about me, but let's talk about something else. Let's do it. So the main story today is focused on an iconic couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren. (laughs) You definitely know them because they are very famous from the movie The Conjuring.
1: Great. This is like a bit of a... Moving on from, because we talked about The Conjuring last.
0: We did. And I thought, you know, what scares me and you the most is paranormal. And let me tell you, when I was writing this, when I was doing the research for the story, like yesterday or the day before, it was like middle of the day and I was in this room. Not even scary. Nothing scary. Yeah. Like my, Carl, my brother was home and I was so scared. I had to take a break. (laughs) I get so, I'm such a baby when it comes to anything paranormal. It scares me too. It fucking just wigs me out. But um, have you seen you've seen the conjuring, haven't you? I don't think so. I think
1: I've seen parts My of it. God, I it's think so scary. Yeah,
0: no. Um, well, oh, I'm God. going to show you a scene from it today. So, yeah, that's no. Con- that's part of the podcast experience. James. It's part of the podcast James experience, Tiana. It's part of the experience. Anyway, we'll get to that when we get to that. But so, Ed and Lorraine, Lorraine Warren. We're going to talk about them. We're watching it. You are. Oh, sorry for that noise, everyone. So, have you ever woken up and you felt like a strange presence in your house or in your bedroom no. or around you? No. Excuse me, I'm trying to like g- dramatize the story.
1: Is it, is it a rhetorical it's question? It's a rhetorical
0: question. Okay,
1: cool. I'll just tell have. Have you ever felt the
0: hairs <laughs> tingle at the back of your neck? Have you felt the presence that you can't explain? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that, that's so lame. Anyway, these were some of the prompts that made the well known paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren delve into, trying to explain the ideas behind spirits, demonic possessions, and supernatural activity. The couple are probably one of the most famous occult investigators of all time. So Ed Warren was born on september twenty seventh, nineteen twenty six, in a little beautiful town called Bridgeport in Connecticut. Um, Ed's father was a devout Catholic and enrolled Ed in a Catholic school. Have you seen The Haunting in Connecticut?
1: Mm-mm. You have. Again, I've seen yeah, parts no, of it no. because
0: wait, it's the it's the ghost in the basement because they're living on top of a morgue. Yeah. And um Yeah, and the boy has cancer and he's really sick. I
1: know the I know the story of it you, and I've seen okay. parts of it. I haven't sat and watched the whole entire thing. So
0: movie. The, these the Ed and Lorraine Warren also involved with that story. Uh, okay. Anyway, we'll get to that as well. So when Ed was growing up, they lived in this big, like beautiful old house um, that was rented out by a landlady who did not approve of dogs or children. She was like a witch-nosed, angry woman. S- sounds
1: like how old um <laughs> <laughs> landlord.
0: Wow. Can we just talk about that for one split second? Ah. We are our old land people were horrible. <laughs> They would literally, that the day we the, the few days we moved in. So I don't know if you know uh, tenancy agreements, but you're not. Ten, the landlords are not supposed to come on. I'm pretty it, sure
1: haven't? everybody would know that. That's so just like a rule here of here we fun, are right? in our in our
0: lounge in our dining room. We look outside into our backyard and guess who's sitting. <laughs> Outside, on our furniture, in our backyard, <laughs> the goddamn landlords watching the tradies work. It was just too much. And they constantly were, like, driving past our house and spying on us. And I just, like, well, don't can we talk like about them. the
1: Sunday morning where it was the first Sunday morning we'd moved in. And I was really excited to just, like, be in our new house and just, like, chill. And I hear someone fumbling around out the front of my window, my bedroom window. And I look out <laughs> and he's old mate. Landlord, what was he doing? I don't even know what he was doing, like weeding or something?
0: Probably weeding, living his life, and then, being a boomer.
1: And then the weekend after that, they're in the yard mowing. Oh. They just rocked up with their, their
0: They their just lawnmowers. loved it. They just like, love being around. If you're around. that
1: concerned about your house, don't then rent don't it. rent it out. That's, the- That's what we've been through. It's been awful, but now we're in this beautiful new house with these beautiful owners and...
0: So grateful. We
1: love it. So grateful. Everything it. happens for a reason. We didn't. We didn't expect to have to move out of the other place, but, but it's so much better.
0: So much better. I feel like I'm home now.
1: Yeah. It's very. Anyway, friendly. anyway, that's right. So
0: think. this old horrible landlady. She would always. Can you not read my? Screen? I'm not. I'm just. Oh swear. I'm quiet. I'm not. She would always throw things at the dogs and animals because she hated kids and hated animals, and so when Ed was a kid, she she would always throw things at him when he was being too loud in like the stairwell or like Hold sorry on. in the backyard the
1: landlady lived with them
0: she didn't live with him she lived very close by so being this was in 1926 so this is like back when land people actually lived on the land as well and oh. they would rent out a house on their land right um so she would throw things at the kids when they're being too loud anyway so what happened was when ed was five the landlady passed away and this is when ed saw his first ghost so what happened was he was asleep
1: is she haunting them
0: no he was he was asleep she's that but he woke (laughs) he woke up to the sound of something being thrown in his bedroom and when she used to exactly so when he sat up in his bed and looked over to his wardrobe which is one of those big old wooden wardrobes the doors were wide open Mm -hmm. and she was sitting I'm not watching the, anything like that. She was sitting inside the wardrobe, staring at him in his bed. That's with cool. her crooked nose and her deep eyes. If that isn't the most fucked thing I've ever heard in my life, I don't know what is, and that would make Aww. me shit my bed and I would never sleep there again. I'd oh, be done. <laughs> I'd run, away. I'd run you know, away. You
1: know, as a kid where you pack up your bags and you leave, <laughs> yeah. I actually do that.
0: Did you ever run away when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you my runaway story. <laughs> you go
1: down the road and you're like, okay, I'm scared. <laughs> Literally,
0: I packed milk and bread. But if
1: it happened to me, I'd actually keep going.
0: No, nothing's that, that scary I'd have a stick you know I'd like you know, in cartoons I'd have a stick yeah and with like, a little
1: na- what does it call it knapsack
0: little you knapsack know some cheese yeah. in there, just run away. No, When I was a kid, I packed a loaf of bread and some milk and then I ran up, went to the top no. of the street and started crying, oh. came back, and I forgot the milk in the in my bag <laughs> and then my mum found it got so angry. I was like, why do you have this in your bag? I was like, I want to take it to school. <laughs> trying to pretend uh, you weren't running away. Anyway, why yeah, did you want yeah. to run away? Oh, why? There's no, no reason. Oh. Just because it's cool. You were over it. Yeah, just I was over it. <laughs> um, anyway, so... So this is what started his like fascination with like ghosts. Um, So, but this didn't didn't actually scare him at all. He was fascinated and understood that um, some people didn't pass on straight away. So he was like really into it. He thought it was really cool. Um, So Ed's father also told him that there was a, there was always logical explanations behind anything that he thought was paranormal. Um, But they couldn't find a reason for like what Ed saw that night. He would tell his dad, like, I saw this, but his dad was like, no.
1: It was all in your head.
0: It was all in your head, but he also was like, how can I explain this? I saw mm. someone in my wardrobe. So Ed would um, spend days and days inside the house in the hopes that he would, like, be visited by another ghost, but he never did. Um,
1: he wanted to be. He
0: wanted He wanted it. So he, he
1: wasn't that scared by it. Then.
0: No, he thought it was fascinating. He liked it. So a year passed, so he was about six years old, and he was visited by his auntie, which was, who was a nun. Mm. Um, and, and Ed expressed... Um, in his life, he expressed his desire to become a priest, um, but his auntie came to him when he was sleeping one night over his bed, standing in her nun costume, <laughs> what uniform, yeah, sure, and said to him, don't become a priest because you're going to be working with more than a hundred of them combined. I don't get it. <laughs> I meant to word it as, as in, don't become a priest because you're going to be doing more work than a hundred priests combined. Got it. That's what right. I meant. I mean, what did I fucking say? He <laughs> you
1: said, <laughs> you're going to be working with a hundred, well, I don't know, something. A hundred
0: priests combined. I, yeah. Like you all fit in, you all go in a bus, That's you all travel around America. <laughs> no, I meant to, I was. So that.
1: he basically has work cut
0: out for him. Pretty much that. don't become a priest because you have, you're going to have, you have bigger things coming. Okay. He did become a priest, but he also did more. Anyway, right. when Ed was 12, his family moved out of the big house. The apparitions slowly began to fade away when they moved, but Ed's fascination with ghosts only fueled, and it eventually became his passion. Um, three blocks away from their new home, there was a young girl living with her devout Catholic Irish family and her name was Lorraine Warren, R- R- Lorraine Rita Morin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She was born January tw- 31st, 1927, making... 1927, making her one year older than Ed. Ooh, cradle-snatching little witch. (laughs) Lorraine's family were quite well-off, and they were Irish Catholic, very, very devout Catholics as well, and she attended a very affluent Catholic girls' school in a nearby town called Milford. And it was there um, at age 12 that she discovered that she had a gift for clairvoyancy. So there was a public holiday called Arbor Day. I don't know what that is, but on this day, the nuns organised to plant trees with the students. Beautiful, I think. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God, I just remember. I just, whoa, I'm triggered. <laughs> I just got triggered just now. Okay, so when I was a kid, I was in primary school. We had a day where we pl- we planted trees. And this was a weird time in my life when I had no friends. And I planted Aww. a tree and I named him Sparky. And I got bullied because um, one this bitch named Emily. <laughs> fuck you, Emily. I hope you're enjoying your seven kids. Um, she put little... Um, you know those insoles you put inside your shoes? Yeah. She took them out of her dirty shoes, put them on my tree and started calling my tree Smelly Foot <laughs> and told the whole school that I had a tree named Smelly Foot. <laughs> <laughs> it was humiliating. Anyway, fucking but, bitch.
1: what? You just ruined your inner soul? What
0: yeah, well... <laughs> I know. It was fucked up. Oh, so rude. I get it. Anyway. Kids are mean. So at this tree planting day, Lorraine, Lorraine was when they were planting trees, she just stared into the sky because she saw the tree fully grown, what it was going to look like. Mm. Like she could see the future. future, yeah. And she told the nun about this experience. She told her teachers and there was so, well, she also explained that she could see auras of people and colours around people's heads. And the nun saw this gift as a sin. Of course they did. And sent her away um, on a retreat for a weekend in solitude, prayer, discipline and silence. Of course they did, oh. but this is nineteen fucking thirty. That's
1: right. because so. that's no, scary, isn't
0: it? Not yet. It's at so age sixteen, Ed met Lorraine while working as an usher at the local theater in nineteen forty-three. She knew immediately that she would spend the rest of her of her life with Ed um, because she's a psychic. She was uh, the only he was the only boy that Lorraine had ever dated, and on his seventeenth birthday, on September seventh. Ed enlisted in the U.S. Navy and had, had he served a, abroad as a merchant on a marine vessel. Couldn't tell what that is. He and Lorraine married on May 22nd, 1945. They were both 18 years old. And just after being married, they had a daughter together by the name of Judy. Um, she was six months old when Ed left again to return to the Navy. After the war, Ed attended an art school where he learned to paint. But soon after studying, he left to travel around to haunted houses and paint landscapes of them. And he earned, like, actually a lot of money doing that.
1: It's mm. okay, cool. talented.
0: So here's the tea. When he was, like, going to these houses to paint them, he would, like, people would say to him, like, this is what's happening in my house. And instead of painting the house, like while he was painting the house, he would give people advice about ghosts and spirits. So eventually people started talking and his reputation grew as this like paranormal investigator. So he started just getting invited to people's houses to come and like investigate their homes. Like owners were frightened of like things happening in their house. Um, And they found that like their biggest theory was that negative energies were the things that brought spirits and demons into houses. So like, Fucking with a Ouija board or clairvoyancy or, like, doing a, um, seance, like, things like that. That was what brought negative spirits because they believed that God, because they're very religious, they believed that God would not allow demons and ghosts to hurt people. It was people that brought it on okay. themselves.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. Huh.
0: So, like, God bless.
1: Mm.
0: I'm not religious, but thank you, God.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm <laughs>
0: In 1969, an exhibit of Ebb's art attracted the attention of the media and a literary agent which significantly boosted his public profile and he just like blew up from there. The Warrens amassed an enormous archive of interviews and reports from the families that had contacted them for help from photographs to video recordings, audio recordings, news clippings and they even opened up a museum in their house in their basement. Um, of spirit-infested clothing, dolls, and other objects, as well as a huge amount of thank that you freaks letters. Me out. Um Some call this museum the most dangerous in the world. What
1: about that doll that I
0: should have? Yeah, so some about? objects you can find in the museum is a real-life Annabelle doll, wow. which is a raggedy Ann doll, and locked behind a glass cabinet protected by religious icons, and it says a sign on the glass cabinet, posi- positively do not open.
1: Wow.
0: Because they're like, this thing will kill you. So when the couple were invited to a site, this is what they would do. The Warrens would try and get there as soon as possible. So some, as soon as they got a phone call or a letter, they would like ship off straight away, like we're coming straight away because they knew that like they had to go immediately. Um, Once they were in the house or wherever it was, they would split up Ed would conduct careful and thorough interviews with the people involved. And Lorraine would walk around the house and see if she could discern any spirit activity and like feel the energies of the house. Um, Lorraine usually detected spirit presence almost immediately and knew whether the spirits were human, ghosts, or if they were demonic or or otherwise. So in The Conjuring, there's a scene where Lorraine walks into the house and she looks.
1: So human spirit cannot be demonic?
0: I think demons aren't humans, no. Ah. They're like something else. They're like their own type of...
1: So how... uh, Okay. I didn't know that. I thought that that it was like... Someone who is evil. But it's I think that can be It's just like a whole nother world, mm. isn't it? A whole nother Apparently, yeah. yeah.
0: Well in The Conjuring, she like walks into the house and there's like three young girls and she looks over their shoulders straight away before she looks at them. Because as soon as she walks in she can see the spirits right behind her. Apparently they're standing literally. She said in interviews, she walks into this one house which will talk about. This is
1: actually a true, Story. This is it's true story.
0: Well, is it true? The movie
1: of The Conjuring. Is the, con- that what I mean? the
0: Conjuring is based on a true story. Absolutely, they yeah. worked very closely with the but real. But you were just
1: retelling the story. Are you retelling The Conjuring.
0: I'm retelling the story of the Warrens, the real people. Okay. But I will, I will give you more detail about. So The Conjuring is based on one family, the Perrin family, and that is one family oh. that the Warrens visited. But we'll get Can into we that. Can no, we
1: no, open the window? No, no,
0: no, no. It's right. starting
1: to get quite dark <laughs> in here. It's, what time is it? So almost seven o'clock. I'm scared. Thing.
0: Here's the thing. They, like I mentioned before, Ed referred to, um, remember how I said before that it's human's fault if people bring in demons and shit. Yeah. Ed called this the law of invitation or the law of attraction. And he broke it down, um, as like giving permission for evil things to come in. You know how you've always heard of like Ouija was bringing in evil things. Uh-huh. The Warrens came up with an idea that was their, that was their, um, discovery. Okay. Um, He also broke the invitation into three stages, which are infestation, oppression, and then possession. In severe circumstances, the final outcome can be death. Wow. Scary. scary. The Warriors use a huge array of techniques in order to cast away the negativity in people's homes or in buildings. They would use the power of blessing and prayer to support the afflicted. They did not perform exorcisms because they're not allowed. But they would assist on them where they would where they saw it was like appropriate and needed on certain people. The couple always stressed that nobody should ever perform an exorcism alone or if they're not trained in doing so because it can lead in death. As we know from the last podcast, Annalise Michelle, mm-hmm. who was tragically, literally murdered by, by priests. So congratulations to the mm-hmm. priests for doing that. Mm-hmm. The Warrens estimated they have investigated more than 8,000 cases in 50 years of work. That's fucking crazy. Wow. So we're going to talk about the most fame, like the most famous cases. So, um, the most famous and controversial case they ever worked on was the Amityville, the Amity- Amityville um, house in New York. You know the Amityville horror? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this family called the Lutz, the Lutz family, um, they moved into this house, this huge, beautiful Amityville mansion, um, which is in Amityville. I can't even pronounce the fucking name. Amityville, Amityville, Amityville. Amityville. Um, And so in this house, uh, a year before this Lutz family moved in, there was a mass murder. Um, Ronald DeFeo Jr. brutally murdered his six family members by shooting them all in their beds in the face,
1: Um, including
0: his sister, siblings, mum and dad. Um, So for 28 days, the Lutz family and their three children lived in that very house. The family reported voices, swarms of flies, Family members levitating and crying ghosts walking along the hallways. The Warrens invited a TV crew to the house with them to document and record the evidence. They even snapped photos, one of which shows a boy with glowing eyes. Lorraine has since stated that she would never set foot in that house ever again. Wow. Can I show that photo?
1: No, James. It's a cool photo. Say it again. What is it? It's a
0: little boy with glowing eyes. God, it gives me the chills.
1: Oh, That's geez. a ghost. That's so scary. That that looks legit. Is
0: so scary.
1: That looks like a Here's that the looks tea. like a picture yeah. of a real child.
0: It does, and they didn't have a son, the Lutz family.
1: Yeah, wow. Well.
0: The, the theory is that this boy in the photo is um is the one of the little boys that got murdered by his brother. Um,
1: Hold on, but wasn't this family murdered, seven of them?
0: No, no, so the Lutz family were a new family that moved into this house. A year before they moved in, there was a mass murder
1: right oh yeah yeah
0: why the fuck would you move in for one
1: yeah so obviously that was that was
0: Ooh, it gives me the creeps creepy um probably cheap to be honest but here's the thing they like they like moved out straight away and they were really it's actually really sad because the family like got really tormented by these ghosts and like um they're really they couldn't afford anything else they had to move into this like really small apartment and it's actually really sad so anyway so The Conjuring, that was the Perrin family. That's in the film. So the Perrin family in 1970, um, Roger and Carolyn Perrin moved in with their five daughters into a 200-acre home in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, soon after moving into the house, the Perrin daughters started to see spirits moving through the house as well as items going missing. Um, it started with things like a broom going missing or something scraping against the kettle in the kitchen. So like the mum, Carolyn, she would be in like lounge room and it's connected to the kitchen with um, like with a walkway and she would hear the kettle being scraped by like something in metal and then she'll go in there's nothing going on. She's like what the fuck? And she Why would clean ghosts
1: want to do that.
0: I don't know. I think they <laughs> honestly in my opinion I think ghosts mess with you because they want yeah. they want you to be like scared. Hmm. Um, she would also clean the kitchen floor and then she would leave the kitchen for like ten minutes, come back and there was dirt on the floor from no from nothing. Wow. And the kids were at school. So she's like, messing what with the you? fuck?" Yeah. Mm. Um, the parents new neighbors even warned them to keep a light on at all times at night because they said that the ghosts were scared of light. I don't know if that's legit. Don't um, come out. <laughs> over time, the hauntings got worse and worse. The family awoke every morning at five 15 to the smell of rotting meat. Ugh. Mm. Um, the spirits in the house began to shift into a more malevolent nature and began to target mother Carolyn. As the hauntings began to become worse and worse, Carolyn began to research the past inhabitants of the home and a woman named Bethesba Thea lived there with her four children, three of whom died mysteriously before the age of seven. The community that lived in the area called Bethesba, like would call Bethesba a local Satanist or a witch Mm. and was accused by the community of sacrificing her infant to Satan. There's one photo of Bethesda that you can find from like the 1800s and it's like, a whole family and she's with the family and she's probably the oldest of like all these people. And she's only, the only one wearing a surgical mask. It's really weird. Wow. It's so strange. It's the only photo of her in history. Um, none of this, but like, this is all hearsay. So like none of this was held up in court. Like there's mm. no court. It's all gossip. Nobody knows if she actually did kill. Um, but it is
1: very suspicious. And that's what's and in the conjuring. Seems... That
0: whole thing's in the conjuring. Yeah. Right. And in the conjuring, Bethesda possesses Caroline and it's like the whole thing. Okay. Um, but Caroline, sorry. And, Uh, So, um, a friend of Carolyn contacted and Lorraine Warren who immediately came out to investigate. The warrants made a direct connection between Bethesda and the parents haunting. Um, So, one morning when Carolyn was waking up from her bed, she felt a sharp pain in her leg and noticed a deep stab wound. And when Ed and Lorraine returned that afternoon and checked on the wound, Lorraine suggested the stab wound was from a knitting needle, something that Bethesda was very, very well known for doing knitting. Mm. So who knows?
1: The Perrin family actually
0: claimed that the Warrens initially made things worse. Well, um, the disturbances got worse and worse, but despite all of these issues, the family could not afford to move. They ended up spending a decade tortured in this house, but eventually moved in 1980 and moved to Georgia. Unfortunately, their move did not cease the hauntings. The Perrin's claimed that the spirits from their old house attached to the family followed them. Oh my gosh! And, um, it's crazy because the now the owners of the the house um that the conjuring was based on are so angry because um the director said where the house was, the real house, and these owners like we get all these people on our lawn all the time taking photos and like <laughs> just, like really angry, and there's this whole hour long video of this woman just ranting um on YouTube about like all these fans coming to see the house. It's fucking funny, oh my God,'d be worth a lot though. It would be worth a lot, absolutely. So the Conjuring Two is based on the Enfield haunting. Um, so So in- I
1: wonder if, what about the lady that that owns it? Has she said anything about it?
0: She said that she's um, heard some creepy stuff, but she's not um, no, she hasn't. Hmm. But the thing is apparently Imagine the ghosts. There. apparently the ghost followed them to the new yeah, house. That's, so yeah, who knows? Right. Um, and there's not much information on them now. There's not really any, like, follow-ups, so who knows?
1: How weird, though, just this innocent family that It's really sad, to yeah. It's very sad.
0: But this one's even more baffling. I find this one bizarre. So the Enfield haunting in 1977, which is The Conjuring 2, based on this story. Mm-hmm. Single so parent... This
1: is still the same.
0: The Warrens again, Warrens, yeah. Warrens, yeah. So single parent of four children, Peggy Hodgson, calls police to her rented home in the middle of a night in Enfield, England claiming that she's witnessed furniture moving and that two of her four children heard knocking on the walls and a man's voice.
1: Wow.
0: Um, the two children, like she called the police. Like I would do that. Yeah. If so I heard I. someone knocking, I'd call the police straight away. Course even, you would. even if I thought it was a ghost, I'd call the police. Of course you would. Because I'm a baby.
1: Mm, same. I would too. I'd
0: wake you up and say, all right.
1: And also I have this weird thing with like manholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They freak me out. Like
0: the, the attic and shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like, I would probably, first thing I'd think was, is someone's living in my roof.
0: You wouldn't think it was a ghost straight away?
1: I don't know. Depends on the circumstance. But in that particular situation, I would think someone's in the roof. Fair. Knocking on the walls. Dark. And a man's voice. Don't like that. No.
0: So the two two children included Margaret, who was 13, Janet. This is in England, by the way. Did I mention that? Yeah, yeah. Janet, who was 11. So these two girls are the main, like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. A police constable who was called out um, that night when he arrived, he saw a chair slide by itself and he could not figure out how it happened. And over the course of 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, researchers, journalists say that they variously saw heavy furniture moving on its own, objects being thrown across the room. And a journalist even stated that he witnessed the youngest daughter, Janet, levitate from the ground. And apparently Janet, who is the youngest daughter, soon began to speak in a deep Rough voice that she said had many different voices inside of her, and one of them was named Bill, who I'm gonna show you now. No, you can just listen.
1: Okay, I was turning the light on. So much better. I'll just
0: listen from here. No, come sit down. No, that's the point. I'm Don't be scared. scared. I watched this by myself and I was terrified. I'm
1: not watching it. I'll listen.
0: <gasps> oh, come on. I'm
1: listening. Seriously. Yes. 600 the voices. Oh, yeah, I How uh, many really are, though, Margaret? I think so far we've had 10... Um, ...sensible voices. But the rest of the names are absolute rubbish. Sounds like an angry cat.
0: But they say, like, uh, voice specialists have listened to the recording and they're like... There's no way an 11 year old girl can physically make that voice without damaging her vocal cords permanently.
1: Wow. Um,
0: so that's fucking scary. And she, yeah, she, but yeah. Apparently, she was possessed by an old man named Bill, um, who died in that flat because it's council housing. It's not anything like an old house. It's yeah. just council building. Um, and he died. He was a very angry alcoholic. Um, and in interviews, he, like Janet, would would that voice would come up. And she would uh, use vocabulary and like um, she,
1: that, that a little yeah. girl would
0: not use, and humor that a little girl would not use, wow. and things like so. For example, like one of the um, interviewers said, What are you? And instead of, and he, he would laugh, the voice would laugh and say, G H O S T. Oh. like and would and would laugh and think that oh. was funny and like yeah. that kind of humour is not what a, ch- a think, child oh, would you think oh is
1: she putting it on but yeah he, but then no then, yeah. That
0: the humour is too advanced um, anyway so Ed and Lorraine Warren heard about this Enfield um, haunting and flew to England immediately this
1: cracked my theory what theory? Just that I thought that I thought, oh, she's probably putting it on, but then no. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Sorry. So the family was haunted by the old man and Bill, like I said, and he was mm-hmm. angry that people were moving into his home. Mm. Um, so there's several more like that's pretty much it for the, for the film. And if you watch the conjuring too, it's a very dramatized version of, of that story. Right. Um, but they use some pretty cool scenes and, and things. So there's several, several more stories that Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, hasn't names have popped up like the Snedeker family with the funeral parlor underneath the home, which is a haunting in Connecticut, the Smurl family, which is a house haunted by several ghosts, one of which sexually assaulted the husband and wife. Um, so there's like, there's way too many stories to like delve into in one podcast episode. Um, Ed Warren passed away in 2006, where Lorraine Warren passed away in April, 2019. Both have left an enormous mark on the world of the paranormal. And it's without a doubt important to note that whether these, whether they were real or not, um, they, they've they actually helped people to move on with their lives and live normally, um, giving a sense of hope to people that had nowhere else to turn. And that is the story of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Wow. So, so that's were
1: quite recent.
0: Yeah, she's honestly the most gorgeous little old woman. Really? I just, yeah, I want to show you a video. She's gorgeous. It's <laughs> some haunting phenomena. It doesn't mean that it's negative, you know? It, it could be a Aww, human she's, she's yeah. just so sweet um, and there's some beautiful photos of them when they were younger um, in, in Sydney I'll show you a photo uh, there's a really it's actually one of the most famous photos of them um, and there's a photo of them here this one with the Sydney Harbour Bridge oh wow yeah that's so that was them when they came they came to Australia and did like a ghost um, hunting tour here they
1: look they very European.
0: They, he, he looks really European does, to me. He does,
1: doesn't
0: he? Um, and so they were both portrayed by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga in The Conjuring. Both did an incredible job. And I actually didn't know that um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, especially Lorraine, well, I think Ed passed away, but Lorraine Warren had a huge part in the film and would like teach um, Vera Farmiga on how to like act in certain situations and like was like making sure it was all authentic and like all this was crazy.
1: That's pretty good. Um, yeah. But I'm
0: going to show you a scene from it. From what? From The Conjuring.
1: No, this is what I thought I was getting out of. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? No.
0: Come on. Tiana, don't leave me. I'm leaving. Bye. No, I haven't finished yet. Don't leave. <laughs> don't watch it. I'm watching it with you. I'm terrified to haven't watched a no scene no. in ages. Please, we have to. No. It's part of the podcast. Tiana Penfold, sit down right now.
1: Can I sit here for it and look me I'm, I'm okay fine she's I'm looking from a up. distance. I'm in the distance.
0: Fine. Oh
1: no. I don't like it. I don't like it either. No I'm watching it. What oh. is that? I'm so scared. She's walking down a hallway.
0: She is. They're playing a clap clap hide and seek game so you're you like. Who's they? Um, her mum and her daughters are playing a game where like. She's looking for them and they'll, their daughters will clap. Oh. But she heard a clap that is not in the bedroom. She's heard it downstairs. And she's like, my kid's not downstairs. How does she know? Well, they're not in the basement, that's for sure.
1: I'm like, game
0: over. Oh, I don't like this.
1: Game over. Come okay, out. I'm not
0: watching this. I'm scared. Sorry, I can't do it.
1: <laughs> Didn't you say this is the hands-down, the scariest movie ever seen? It's one of
0: the scariest movies I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking scary.
1: So, James even just turned
0: it off because he's too scared to watch it, so... I'm a baby. Anyway. Not into that.
1: Mm-mm. But,
0: um, look, that's it. What do you think of that story? Was that kind of spooky? That was very,
1: it was very spooky, but it was very interesting. Yeah. I find it very interesting. They, See, um,
0: like I mentioned... I don't like,
1: like watching things. I like hearing about it, but I don't yeah. like watching it.
0: Evidently, me either. Mm. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like I mentioned at the end, whether they were real or not, whether they actually saw these ghosts and like whether they actually um you know had these special abilities they they really did help people move on mm. whether it is helping someone with grieving whether it is like giving them uh closure that their house is not haunted etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. I feel like they did, you know they did they, they, did, they did some work um hopefully they didn't like profit off it too much. I'm sure they did, but mm. who knows. Um but everybody that was the podcast for this evening. <laughs> That's migusten. <laughs> ten. <Dis-gusten. laughs> which one of you did a shaft and didn't Thanks a lot, Rachel. Thanks a lot.
1: Got used to my charger, got used to your and <laughs> at mine.
0: Um, so here's my absolute exciting news. On Tuesday, Monday, which is in two days, the, I want to say the 26th. No, I could definitely be wrong. No,
1: it's, wow, 20th.
0: it's the 30th. Um, Monday, the 30th of March, 2020, we will be going live on Facebook to film, to record a live podcast for episode 14. So if you haven't already, please, for the love of fucking God, go to Facebook and go Scared Shitless Podcast. Give it a like. And then if you click the events tab, you can see the live event that we're doing. Um, And when I say we, I mean me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't have a team behind me or anything, Jesus Christ. Um, And also Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. But please just, yeah, please tune in because it would be so awkward if I'm fucking recording to nobody. I'm going to kill myself.
1: Don't do that. I will be what listening?
0: What time? Eight o'clock.
1: Great. Eight
0: till nine, one hour live recording. And it's going to be like, we're going to do like a little section where like I talk to the comment section so people like live chat with me
1: nice
0: and it'll be really nice so if you are in quarantine or if you are isolated i would would love you to tune in and then it will be aired the following week um whenever that is episode 14 um thanks again for listening i hope you enjoyed this podcast and i will see you again next week for our live episode thank you tiana thank you Goodbye. goodbye goodbye good riddance adios ¿Verdad?